it's a fair assessment to say from time to time that we who call ourselves disciples of Jesus can be judgmental. So what does the Lord have to say about this? Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Hear the word of God. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. This is the reading of God's holy and perfect word. To him be glory. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, this morning as we come to this word, we pray that you would speak your truth into our lives. Lord, it may be that there are some in this room uh, who would be looking at this text and kind of having to see, I told you so. There it is. Jesus said, don't judge. Others of us maybe are already beginning to feel the weight of um, shame or guilt for having judged someone inappropriately. But Father, there's something here for each one of us, whether uh, we have been one who is uh, somewhat... um, proud or arrogant in our faith and have not been humble and caring for others, or those of us maybe are some here, Lord, who have been abused by by Christians, folks who call themselves Christians who are are spiritually judgmental. Father, my words on this topic are, are irrelevant. It is only your eternal word that is important and that stands forever. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you will come and that you will be our teacher. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the opening two words of Matthew chapter 7 are problematic at best. Judge not, lest you be judged. The problem is that Jesus has spent the bulk of the Sermon on the Mount being judgmental. Now, I don't mean judgmental in a negative sort of way. I don't mean that that idea of holier than thou, but Jesus has spent the entire Sermon on the Mount discerning between things people assume and what people ought to truly know about their faith. For example, in uh, chapter 5, verse 19, he says that if you don't uh, follow the law, you will be least in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus delineates between those who, who follow him faithfully and those who don't, and he says one will be great in the kingdom and one will be least. That's a judgmental statement. In chapter 5, verse 22, Jesus talks about uh, those who would call their, their friend or their brother a fool. And he says, if you do that, you're actually in, the, in danger of the fires of hell. He spends most of chapter 6 talking about those who he calls hypocrites. The verse right after the, the uh, verse 5 that we read this morning says this, Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before pigs. Jesus isn't talking about four-legged animals there. He's, he's metaphorically speaking about people with a certain kind of attitude. Have you been called a pig lately? You've been called a dog lately. That would seem to be somewhat of a judgmental statement. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, John, in his uh, epistle to the Ephesians, both uh, call for Christians to judge correctly those who are around them. So when we read in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, judge not lest you be judged, we have to ask the question, Jesus, are you talking out of both sides of your mouth? What exactly are you calling us to, and how do we understand this text so that we may live in the world in a way that honors you? I think at the, at the bottom line here is that Jesus isn't, when he says judge not, he isn't talking about the discernment that we exercise in our mind. He's not talking about looking at a certain situation 
in your own life or in the life of another person saying, you know, that is honoring God or that's dishonoring God. He's not talking about that mental process. Rather, he's talking about the motive behind the judgment that we render. It's the motive, it's the heart issue that Jesus always wants to deal with because the Lord knows that once he captures my heart, once he's the Lord of my life, then my heart belongs to him, then my action and my behavior will follow suit. So what is Jesus saying about our hearts this morning that we can understand and apply to our lives when it comes to this question of being judgmental? And I want to just walk through this passage briefly and point out three observations. The first one is this. I believe that Jesus is calling us to avoid arrogance at all costs. Look at verse 1 again. Judge not that you be not judged. The word that Jesus uses there for judgment is not, again, just discerning between right and wrong, but rather it is the determination that is motivated by a critical or disapproving spirit. In other words, that holier-than-thou idea that I mentioned just a few moments ago, that I'm not just looking at a situation and assessing it, but I'm attaching motive to someone else. I'm, I'm, I'm condemning them in my heart. I'm holding another in contempt. Uh, have you ever had somebody, have you ever heard somebody say, you know, you really make me sick? Have you ever had somebody, heard somebody say that or had someone say that to you? That's the idea here that Jesus is speaking against. We're not to hold another in contempt. Because when we do that, the assumption is that I'm better than you, isn't it? When I base my attitude towards you on my uh, self-perception of goodness, I'm looking at you and saying, you're not living up to my standard. You're not as good as I am. And therefore, you need to uh, change and you need to be like me. And Jesus says, you need to be careful when you get on this kind of shaky ground. When you begin to think that you are spiritually superior to another and you sit in judgment of them. When you look at life that way, you have that spiritual arrogance. You're going contrary to everything that is in the Gospels. I, um, I remember when I was in college years and years and years ago, it's getting further away, uh, I was at a small Christian college down in Tennessee, and in college I knew everything there was to know about Christianity. I was, I was a spiritual giant bar none. Uh, I, I could tell you everything that you needed to know about how you should live uh, to please God. Not that I was trying all that hard myself, mind you, but I could, I could certainly tell you what to do. And I knew plenty of Bible verses. And I remember uh, one week in chapel, they announced that uh, there was a woman who actually has gone on to be a very famous international teacher. She was coming to lead our chapel service. And I had a verse somewhere in the Bible that said, you know, women aren't supposed to teach men. And I, you know, I didn't think about the context or, or anything that, that went around those verses. I just knew that we were going to chapel and this was wrong. This, this woman shouldn't be teaching men. Okay, you can question the word man in that sentence. Uh, so I formed a little protest, and all the guys on my hall got together. We all wore the same t-shirts. We went into chapel. We sat down on the front row, sang the hymns, went through the prayers, and then this woman stood up to speak. And the moment she stood up to speak, we all stood up, turned our back to on her, backs on her, and we walked out of the room. What a jerk. <laughs> what a judgmental jerk. What gave me the right to think that I was spiritually superior? to this person. That's the kind of judgment here that Jesus is talking about. And unfortunately, from time to time, that's the kind of judgment that we expose one another to. It's the kind of judgment that we render against the world, and then we sit back and we, and we scratch our heads, and we can't figure out why the world is not beating a path to our door and putting their faith in Christ. When we ourselves, in our judgmental attitudes of criticism and, and holding others in contempt is really 
the stumbling block. Jesus says, avoid that kind of judgment. But he also goes on to warn us in verse 2 that, that, we're, that we tend to establish the wrong standard. In verse 2 it says this, For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus says, if you demand that others live up to your standards or suffer condemnation from you, understand that that invites a spiritual catastrophe in your life. Understand what you're saying is, you know, if you can't live up to my principles, if you can't live up to my standards, then I'm going to uh, turn my back on you. I'm going to uh, assume that you are of lesser spiritual value than me. Understand what you're doing is you're putting yourself in, in the crosshairs of God's judgment. When, when Jesus says here, you'll be judged by the same judgment, you'll be uh, measured by the same measure you use, he's not talking about people's reaction to you. He's not saying, you know, if you're judgmental towards others, don't be surprised if they're judgmental towards you. This language is speaking about the judgment of God. He said, would you be so bold as to come into God's presence and say, God, accept me based on my behavior? Accept me based on my lifestyle? God, I've never made a mistake. God, I know your law is perfect. I know that your standard is perfection and holiness, and I've met every standard. There isn't a person walking around on the planet in their right mind who would approach a holy God in that manner. Rather, we would beg for God's mercy and God's grace. But Jesus says, when you, when you judge others by condemning them, understand that God will judge those who revile others. Let me give you an, an alternative translation for this. I found this this week. I thought this was fascinating. It says, do not assume the place of God by deciding that you have the right to stand in judgment over all. Do not do it, I say, in order to avoid being called into account by the God whose place you usurp. When I establish a standard in my relationship with you, and I say as long as you live up to this standard, then, then we'll be in good standing with one another. But if you fall short of that, I'm going to condemn you and I'm going to ostracize you and I'm going to turn my back on you. I've taken on a God-type mentality that I have the right to make that kind of decision. And again, when the Christian community reacts in that sort of way, we convolute the gospel and we push people away from Christ. We don't draw them towards him. Uh, I have an acquaintance uh, in the community who uh, just about every time I see him says, you know what, uh, I'm probably never, ever coming to your church. Now, it doesn't, it, we could be talking about anything. We could be talking about Cardinals baseball. We could be talking about anything. It doesn't matter. But it, usually somewhere in the conversation he says, now, don't try to get me to come to church. And every once in a while he throws in, you know, maybe I'll come someday and I'll, and I'll sit in the back. Uh, but the chances of seeing, I better look real quick. The chance, no, I don't see him. The chances of this guy coming to church are, are about slim and none. And uh, he has no interest, you know, in, in Christianity as he understands it. Uh, and I ran into him the other day. Uh, and out of, kind of out of the blue, we're, we're just standing there chatting about this and that, nothing real important. He looks at me and says, when I die, will you bury me? I said, well, are you, are you sick? Are you trying, what are you trying to tell me? He goes, no, I just said, when I die, will you bury me? I said, sure, I'll bury you. I'll be happy to bury you. I hope I'll live you. <laughs> I'd like to be able to bury you. But, but the point is, hey, here's a person who, who wants nothing really to do with Christianity as far as I can tell. And yet there's something in our relationship that draws him to it. Now, it hasn't drawn him very hard or very strong because he still hasn't, hasn't shown up yet and he's only concerned with the funeral. But there's something about 
the standard not being my standard, the standard being God's standard, that gives us an attitude of humility and grace instead of an attitude of spiritual arrogance. And maybe, you know, just maybe the world will see a glimpse of what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we must be very careful to avoid spiritual arrogance and not to set the wrong standards. But there's one other thing, and and, and I think this is on the positive side of the equation, is Jesus wants to make sure we get the order correct. The order is important. Look at verses 3 through 5. Jesus says this, Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log, some of your translations maybe say plank, the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You know, people look at this, um, look at this, this passage, they say, see right there, Jesus says, don't judge. And they stop at that verse first. And typically, when I use that verse with somebody, when I say, see, Jesus says, don't judge, it's because I'm defending some kind of sin in my life, right? You know, I've got something that I'm doing wrong, and I know I, I shouldn't be doing it, but I don't particularly care that you pointed it out to me. Uh, so I'm just going to use half the verse. Jesus isn't saying here, don't judge, don't discern. He's saying, judge and discern with the proper motive in the proper order. See, the disciples' spiritual health is central to God. God is very concerned about your growth and my growth in the faith. The Lord wants nothing more than for us to look more and more like Jesus and less and less like ourselves, and sometimes he uses us to help one another in that process. Very often within the Christian community, we're used to help a brother, we're used to help a sister by God to grow in their faith. And disciples need godly discernment. I need you to be able to look into my life and say, you know what, Tom, I, you know, I see you growing in the Lord, but, but here's a blind spot maybe you didn't see. Have you considered this? Hey, Tom, I, you know, I think maybe you're doing well, but, but I think maybe over here you've got a sin in your life that you haven't addressed. I need that discernment in my life. I can't always see objectively as God would have me see. Jesus isn't saying don't judge. But he is saying that proper judgment doesn't begin with me looking at you, but it begins with a brutal honesty about my own life. If I'm going to be healthy in the kingdom of God, then I have to be willing to look into my heart and to do some self-examination. And before I look at the speck in your eye, I need to stop and say, what is in my eye? What's the proverbial plank that's in my heart? What is it that God wants to do with me? Because when you look at your heart honestly, Okay, when everybody else is gone, when the doors are closed and it's quiet and it's just you and the Lord and you look into your heart, you know what you see. You know the things that you see there, the thoughts you have that are inappropriate, conversations that you had with someone where you were harsh with them. You see the things that nobody else sees. You see the greed, the anger, the fear, the lust. And when you approach God, if you are a disciple, you approach God seeking mercy don't you? You come to God and say, Father, I've blown it again, and I need, I need your truth in my life. I need your forgiveness. I repent, and I turn to you for healing, for restoration. That's where it begins. It's only when I go through that process that I can then be used by God to minister to you. Why? Because that brings me to a place of humility. 
It brings me to a place, it's a word we like to use a lot, it brings me to a place of brokenness. It brings me to the place where I say, I can't save myself, and if Jesus didn't die on the cross for me, then I'm lost. But I understand the grace of God that comes through that gift. And I've accepted it, I've put my faith in it, I've put my trust in it for my eternal salvation. And therefore, I'm not at a place of spiritual pride and spiritual arrogance, but I'm at a place of spiritual humility because I know that it's only by God's grace that I am saved. And when I start with spiritual, spiritual humility or that first sentence in this, this entire sermon of, that Jesus gives in, in chapters 5, 6, and 7 in Matthew, I become poor in spirit, which is the very first thing Jesus says in the sermon. And I realize my spiritual poverty is met with the riches and the grace of God. Then perhaps I'm in a place to offer you some suitable care. Maybe at that point, when the speck is in your eye, I can come to you and say, brother, sister, let me help you with that little piece of dust. God wants you to be free from that. Have you ever really gotten something in your eye? Have you ever had that experience where you just get a little you know, a little knit in your eye and you can't, you know, and you kind of, uh, it's great to get these things on video because you're kind of stumbling around, you look foolish, but you just can't wait to get it out of your eye and have somebody come along and take a little bit of, of, of water, a little bit of saline solution, just kind of pour it over your eye. Oh, oh, that feels so good. The speck is gone. Thank you. Long for that reaction from a brother or sister in Christ when you go to point out a sin in their life. If they say anything less than, thank you. That was so helpful. I never saw it. I so appreciate God speaking to me through you. I need to step back and look at my motives. And I understand there will be times when people will reject the gospel. There will be times where people even hear a kind and gentle word and rebuff it. But what's between us and the Lord this morning is our attitude. If we're going to judge rightly and judge in a healthy manner and offer spiritual discernment, it must and only come from a heart that understands the grace of God and his mercy and his faithfulness. A lot of you know my good friend and mentor, Chuck Nieder, because he comes and preaches here about once a year. He'll be back uh, in October this year to preach on on a Sunday in October. Uh, But Chuck is one of those people who can speak that way into my life. And Chuck can tell me the, the honest truth. He can say, you know, brother, I, I see something here, I see something there. But the reason he's, he's won that right to do that, so to speak, is because I never question his love for me. I know that he understands what a great sinner he is. And I know that he is saying, Tom, I'm not, I'm not trying to be harsh with you. I'm not trying to be angry with you. I'm trying to help you avoid something that I think is going to be harmful for you. And I can hear that message and my prayer is that, that my heart will be so transformed by the gospel, that your heart will be so transformed by the love of God that we will look for the spiritual well-being of Green Tree by caring for one another, by discerning and judging ourselves and one another in a godly, Christ-like manner. Man-centered judgment ends up being hypercritical and emotionally abusive. It's like the, the, the animals that eat their young, <laughs> It's destructive. And when there's a spirit of self-righteousness and a spirit of condemnation, judgmental arrogance, then a church is far, far less than God would have us to be. God knows we need this judgment in our lives. He knows we need need this discernment, but he knows that we need to be created as a humble people who embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, first for themselves and then for others. 
a congregation that, that judges sin as sin, that, that calls it what it is, but does so with compassion and mercy and grace so that the sinner isn't drawn towards a certain standard or a certain behavior, but so that the sinner is drawn to the Savior. Let's pray together.